Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week, and I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week, your one source for all sports information, sports betting information, sports gambling information, gambling information. Right, we're, we're your one source stop. Make sure you listen every week. Facebook and Twitter, you guys can get in touch with us. I'd love to hear back from you guys. You ride the show, so we'll answer any questions that you have over at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. You can also give us a call, 855, the number 4 G A R. T-E-N is the number. Well, what are we talking about today? Look, I'm going to try to keep it light today. We're going to attempt to move away from the mindset of pandemic on your mind 24 hours a day. If you go to Twitter, if you turn on the news, that's all you're hearing. We are your escape here. So what are we talking about today? Brady, 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 and how about some more Brady? We'll get into some of the other NFL signings, but look, this is massive, massive, massive news. Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. We could go fun and we could say TB in TB. Yeah, sure, you could do all that. The reality is the end of an era has come. Now, I have said all along, guys, I look, I lost money. I told you right away. I thought there was no way Brady was leaving the Patriots. Yeah, look, it's a prop play. You don't put too much on those things. I told you guys that. I just can't imagine a world where he wears a different jersey. But as we've talked about it, and we certainly have, I couldn't imagine Emmett Smith ever wearing anything other than a Dallas Cowboys jersey. How many people will remember the Joe Montana? Joe Montana's not a San Francisco 49er? Yeah, that's right. You look back at the greats throughout their career in the NFL more than any other sport. You always have weird visuals. Is this as weird as it comes? I don't know. I, I mean, I have to see it and let it sink in. Montana, maybe because I was a little bit younger, Montana was bad but not horrible. Emmett Smith in an Arizona Cardinals jersey was pretty bad. The only comparison I could give to that was Michael Jordan in a Washington Wizards jersey, guys. I actually think he looks better in the Space Jam jersey and the Washington Wizards jersey, okay? But you think about it. That's reality. To me, that is the only comparison that we have. One of the great game's greatest of all time. I'm not arguing one, two. One of the game's greatest of all time. Wearing just a different jersey. Very strange. Now, the Jordan-Washington Wizards connection, uh, you could almost live with it now because now he's kind of part owner and, and you know, he did different things. Brady in Tampa is going to be weird. It's going to be weird, but we will break all that down. The one thing I do want to say, I heard so many people talking about Brady and, well, remember Montana and this and that, and Brady's going to hit the wall. I'll give you my feelings in a moment. But 
Guys, Joe Montana went 17-8 and eight as a starter in Kansas City and went to two postseasons in two years. So it's not like Joe Montana all of a sudden looked terrible, right? But we do right now live in a world where the Tampa Bay Bucks are 14-1 to 1 underdogs to win, well, favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots are 30-1. to 1. Now, let me just explain to you the massive overreaction here, and then we'll get into the Brady stuff. I'll, I'll speak lovingly of Brady, and then we'll get into Bill Belichick. We have a whole show to talk about it. But, guys, 14-1 to 1 are the Bucks. The Patriots are 30-1. to 1. You could bet it right now. I know the Vegas casinos are closed. I know Atlantic City casinos are closed. Most casinos are closed. But you do have a device in your hand. And, wow, thank God for mobile betting, right? But, guys, look, 14-1 to 1 to 30-1. to 1. I'm asking you now. I know that the Patriots have a quarterback problem. They lost some key players. I know all that. If you put week one on a neutral field, are you taking Belichick? Are you taking Brady? Guys, it's a coin flip at worst. At worst, it's a coin flip. Do the Pats at 30-1 to deserve this kind of slap in the face? I don't think so. And we'll get more into that. But let's talk Brady, right? You started to see this the... I guess the writing on the wall for weeks now. All of a sudden, the Tampa Bay rumors started to come out from people I trust. And we reported on this last week. I said, you know, Tampa Bay's coming. I don't see it. But Glazer uh, and the Glazer family in Tampa Bay, yeah, they're going to have the money to do it. Then you start thinking about the weapons that he's going to have. He excels with big weapons. Who's the two best receivers that he's ever had in his career? Gronkowski was a tight end, but he was a massive receiver. And Randy Moss, massive receiver. He's never played with a guy that's six foot five or more as a wide receiver. Mike Evans is there. You have Goodwin there. You have Bruce Arians there. He's got a lot. The problem is their offensive line is bad, and nobody's really believing in their running back and their running game. But he does go to a division, and we did talk about divisions. He does go to a division with the Carolina Panthers where by most estimations, are going to be pretty darn bad this year, and their defense actually lost pieces. He goes to a division where the Atlanta Falcons, aren't they always a disappointment? It Doesn't Atlanta constantly disappoint people? Look, Tom Brady's not looking at either one of these teams and saying, yeah, you know, I, I have to worry about them. He's got the Saints in that division, and that's why I was shocked that he did choose to go here. As a fan, though, doesn't this open up some entertaining things? First of all, he's playing the Falcons twice a year. The Falcons team that came back in the Super Bowl, uh, he came back in the Super Bowl against one of the most ridiculous scenarios. How much hype is that going to be? That's going to be awesome. But we get to see, as fans, for the next at least year, maybe two, we get to see head-to-head -to -head Tom Brady against Drew Brees. That's pretty cool, guys. Uh, you know, that, that's pretty cool. And you could argue right now, with Brady, Brees, and Matt Ryan in that division, and now, oh, by the way, the Panthers side and Teddy Bridgewater, that division has the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't think that's a stretch. I don't think that's a stretch to say. Let's get back into Brady, though, right? So this started to happen. You started to see the writing on the wall. All of a sudden, the odds were out, and... The lines makers were on top of this. Brady was, was all of a sudden, now New England wasn't the favorite. Now Tampa Bay was the favorite. And then Tampa Bay was even a more increasing favorite. When it hit me that Brady wasn't coming back was not when he wrote that letter. And we'll, we'll talk about that letter. That's not when it hit me. It hit me that Tom Brady wasn't coming back when DeAndre Hopkins was traded for nothing. And the Patriots were not in on that conversation. And then Stephon Diggs was traded for a nice package. But Stephon Diggs 
Brady needs receivers. They didn't get Hopkins or Diggs, and they really were not in the conversation for either. That's when it hit me. Not only are they not reaching out to Brady, they're not even trying to to make believe they want him back. So we wake up on St. Patrick's Day morning. I'm upset. There's no parade going on. I go to the parade every year, guys. There's no, by the way, sidebar, there was a New York City parade. I don't know if you guys saw this. The 69th uh, Battalion group went out early in the morning in the rain. They were from Ireland. There's probably, I don't know, 30 of them, maybe maybe a little bit less. They marched. That saves their permit. It means that every year there's been a St. Patrick's Day in New York City since 1760 now. So there was a little bit of a parade. But there wasn't a parade that I could go to. I still celebrated. I loved it. But you know what? You're a little upset on St. Patrick's Day. What am I going to do today? How am I going to get my mind off of this pandemic? Well, if I drink 100 Guinnesses and a couple of shots, yeah, that'll probably do it. That'll do it. But overall, that was the feeling. And Brady puts out this letter, and I'm going to read it to you. They put this out on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. Uh, I wanted to say thank you to all the incredible fans and Patriots supporters. Massachusetts has been my home for 20 years. It's truly been the happiest two decades I could ever envision in my life, and I have nothing but love and gratitude for my time in New England. Sounds like a guy that's leaving, right? The support has been overwhelming. I wish every player could experience it. My children were born and raised here. Always embrace this California kid as your own. I love your commitment and loyalty to your teams, and winning for our city means more than you will ever know. Starting to talk in past tense a little bit. I can't thank you enough for the support of our team. Of our team? Oh, okay. All right, maybe maybe Brady's coming back as I'm reading this. The packed training camps, the sold-out stadiums, and mostly the victory parades. I have been so blessed to share them all with you. I tried to represent us in the best way and most honorable way. I found it hard with my teammates to help bring victory and triumph, even in the most dire situations. You opened up your heart to me. I opened up my heart to you. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like he's leaving again. And Pat's nation will always be a part of me. I don't know what my football future holds, but it is time for me to open up a new stage for my life and my career. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I thank you for the bottom of my heart. And I always love you and what we have shared. A lifetime full of fun memories. That is a breakup letter. <laughs> that is a breakup letter to a girl that yeah, you, you really liked, man. You had a great time with. And things went sour at the end, but let's remember the good times. That's a breakup letter. And the moment you heard that, you said Brady is gone. It only took a couple hours later for us to all realize, and, and the reports came out from very, very, uh, incredible sources that he would be going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. He's going to go to the Bucks for about $30 million. It makes sense from Tampa Bay standpoint. They're going to sell tickets. All of a sudden, Tom Brady is the man there. He is the face of not only the city. Can I say that he's the face of the state? Sure, sure. I mean, I, I like Blake Snell, but come on, <laughs> right? He's the face of the city. He's the face of the state. His wife gets to go down to Tampa. It's a nice area. Tom Brady did what we all do. He retired to Florida, right? But he's not quite retired yet. So Brady moves on. The Boston fans, I mentioned St. Patrick's Day. They don't get a St. Patrick's Day parade. They lose Tom Brady in the same day. Months after losing Mookie Betts, Jeez, thank God for Dropkick Murphy's doing a live feed online, right? Because that must have been a tough day. But yeah, I mean, I guess you had to see the writing on the wall. I'm one of the few that just held out there's no way that he's going. So now let's look at what Tom Brady can do in that division. What Tom Brady can do as a Tampa Bay Buck. And it's going to take a lot of time for us to kind of get used to that. First of all, I love the idea that he is with Bruce Arians, right? And we're talking about futures plays. By the way, I hate 14 to 1 on a futures. 
number. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But we're talking about futures plays, right? Everyone's going crazy. I am one of the bigger Tom Brady fans out there. I don't love this spot. I don't love it. I thought Brady can succeed in the right spot. I don't love this spot. Bruce Arians is a tremendous offensive mind. He runs an offense that Brady is not equipped for. He just flat out runs a different style of offense. Now, Brady has to learn that offense, number one. Then he's got to execute it. And we all talk about the O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate, Mike Evans, big receivers that he's going to have to throw to and Goodwin and whatnot. Tom Brady will be harassed and rushed as much as he ever has in his career because the Tampa Bay Bucks offensive line is bad. The Tampa Bay Bucks have no viable option at running back. None. The Tampa Bay Bucks also do not have a pass receiving running back that I have any confidence in. I mentioned O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate. Cameron Brate does as much with little talent and, and experience as possible. He's just an end zone kind of guy. O.J. Howard came out of Alabama with all this, this expectation, all of the accolades, and he's done nothing. He's been benched for Cameron Brate multiple times, and even when Brate was hurt, he was benched last year. Does he have the potential in a Brady offense to explode? Absolutely. You fantasy players, listen. Listen in. O.J. Howard was on general number six last year of the tight ends. I saw him going as high as three in preseason drafts. O.J. Howard was a massive tight end. He was the best of the next group after you went the big three. He fell flat on his face. Can Brady resurrect his career? I think he can, but that's a hard thing to bet on. Can Cameron Brait step up and just become all of a sudden that big-time touchdown guy? A guy that catches, you know, 400 yards receiving, but he's got eight, nine touchdowns. I think he can, but that's a lot to bet on. Can Mike Evans finally have a quarterback that can get him the ball with consistency? I think he can, but that's a lot to bet on. And can Tom Brady, in a new offense, in a new city, with new challenges, no running game, and a bad offensive line, can Tom Brady elevate his game to the point that we need him to elevate his game? I don't know. It's a lot to go out there and bet on. Now, if the Bucks were 30 to 1, not the Patriots, instead of 14 to 1, I'd be feeling a lot better about it. I'd be feeling a whole lot better about it. But that's not where we stand. We are standing in a position, ladies and gentlemen, where the Tampa Bay Bucks are 14 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. It's unprecedented. The, the, this jump up, and I am a Brady fan. Six-time Super Bowl winner. Four-time Super Bowl MVP. Nine Super Bowl appearances. 17 AFC East titles. 14 Pro Bowls. Five All-Pros. Three MVPs. Second all-time in passing. Second all-time in passing touchdowns. He's won 77% of all the games he started. Got that info from Field Yates. This is Tom Brady and all of the accolades coming there. But let's not act. I'm not mentioning his age. Let's not act like a new coach, a new system with new players are just going to be an okay scenario for him. You just chalk it up to, oh, oh yeah, he'll seamlessly transition. I don't know about that. Now, I did mention Montana went 17 and 8, brought Kansas City to do postseasons. So with the addition of the seven playoff teams now. Do I think that the Tampa Bay Bucks can make the playoffs? I do. I do. Today, where I'm sitting today, if you had uh, an over-under, and I haven't seen one put out there for obvious pandemic reasons, they haven't put this out, but if you had the over-under uh, of will they make the playoffs or won't they make the playoffs or the over-under uh, a number of games they'll win if it was, you know, eight Tom Brady can lead the Bucks to an 8-8 eight eight season. I think that Tom Brady could lead the Bucks to maybe a 9-7 and seven season. Guys, that's a far cry from me putting my money on a 14-1 to one number on a Super Bowl. A far cry. Now, the Bucks 
have a history. And here's an interesting point. Brady has won more games than any quarterback in NFL history. We know that. Okay, he's the winningest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Tampa Bay, they are the worst franchise in the history of the NFL. So stats, ESPN stats came up with this. It's, it's a good one. Tom Brady could lose 283 straight games and still have a better winning percentage than the Bucs. <laughs> I mean, but you have to take that into consideration. He, he is a guy that doesn't know losing. How will he feel? Again, with a seventh playoff team, you could turn a season around. How will Tom Brady react if the Bucs get out of the gate and they're two and five? How will Tom Brady react to that? I don't know if he knows. So we certainly don't. My advice is stay away, far away from Tampa Bay Bucks on the betting line because it's hyper aggressive right now. And by the way, rumors push this as well. Rumors came out just today. Tom Brady wants the Bucks to sign Antonio Brown. All right, well, that's nice. Will the Bucks sign Antonio Brown? I think they probably will. I think that he's from Florida. When Antonio Brown was searching for a team in the past, I was one of these guys that said, you know what? I, I think maybe Tampa is a good spot for him. Bruce Arians is a coach that has always spoken uh, highly of Antonio Brown, especially early in his career. He loved to hear Arians and what he could do with him. He fits the offense. Do I think Antonio Brown's going to come to Tampa? Yeah, today, sure. Absolutely. Do I think that is a game-changing move? I don't. First of all, we have no idea what the knucklehead's going to do on that team, number one. Number two, we have no idea how long made, uh, the NFL is going to suspend him for. And don't tell me, well, if Brown comes back in week 10 and he's got a 10-game suspension or, you know, whatever, nine-game suspension, he comes back in week 10, he could turn it around. Not if the Bucks are 3-7 and seven at that point, right? That's not going to happen. So we're sitting in a world of unknowns. We're sitting in a world of unknowns with Tom Brady. And the world of unknowns with Tom Brady is extensive. We don't know how he's going to react. He doesn't know how he's going to react. This is a situation where I advised you guys weeks ago, no matter where Tom Brady goes, pause, let the lines resettle themselves. We are all in a position for the next couple of weeks where we are all desperate to bet on something. But I'm urging you, please, 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 just take a step back here. Just calm down. We don't have to rush to the window. I think the initial odds brought it to 14 to 1. I do believe that if Antonio Brown signs, it'll go to maybe 12 to 1. But this probably will open up 18 to 1 or so. You'll get more value. And I still say too many question marks. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to come on back. Lots more. What about Bill? The other half of the marriage, we got to check in, uh, check in on him and see how that goes. All that and more when we get back right here on Wager Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What? are the odds well we've been talking about the super bowl and the super bowl numbers i gave you two teams there's more than two teams going on and you can bet on all these futures plays even during a lockdown we're not calling it a lockdown right we're calling it social distancing all right even during a social distancing super bowl odds as of today Kansas City, the 9-2 favorites, they are still on top. They probably will remain there for a while. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, defending MVP, sitting at 5-1. to one. They've been number two for most of the time. 
Kansas City one, Baltimore two. That has been the norm. We've seen very little fluctuation depending on the sports book you're going to. You might get a little better odds here or there. That's one, two. San Francisco at 10 to one is number three. We have a new entry at 14 to one. Tampa Bay is tied with the Dallas Cowboys, is also tied with the New Orleans Saints, all at 14 to one. Philly, Green Bay, Seattle, and Indianapolis with their new quarterback, Phillip Rivers, all sit at 20 to 1. By the way, that is Rodgers, Wilson, Rivers, and Wentz. Ah, good quarterback at 20 to 1. New England, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and Buffalo at 30 to 1. Buffalo got a huge jolt up this week with Diggs and a few other moves that they've made on defense. The Las Vegas Raiders, that's going to take a while to say. Las Vegas Raiders, the Rams, the Bears, the Browns, the Chargers, and Arizona sit at 40-1. to 1. The Chargers taking a large tumble after many thought that they would get Tom Brady. Denver and the Giants, 50-1. to 1. Tennessee, Atlanta, the Jets, and the Miami Dolphins making some shrewd moves, moving all the way up to 60-1. to 1. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick the best quarterback in that division as of today? Just saying. Houston, 80 to 1 after they lose DeAndre Hopkins. They tumble all the way down. Deshaun Watson, 80 to 1. I'm just saying that's a little tempting. Detroit and Carolina, 100 to 1, even with Teddy Bridgewater signing Carolina. Washington, 200 to 1. Cincinnati has been the low number at 300 to 1 for a while, but Jacksonville has joined that group after they traded away Calais Campbell. Apparently, they are tanking for Trevor. So those are the odds for the What Are the Odds segment. All right, guys, look, we talked about Brady, right? We talked all about him. How is he going to do? How is he going to be? How is he going to move on? Whenever there's a breakup, everybody kind of leans towards one person, and they go, how, how are they doing? How are they? How, hey, how, how is she doing, right? How, how is that guy holding up? What's going on? That there's two people here, so we got to go check in on Bill. How's Bill doing? Bill ain't doing so well, right? Bill's number had fallen from, I've I watched them as high as 8 to 1 in the offseason. They were sitting at about 12 or so to 1, all the way down to 25 or even 30 to 1 in some sports books for the New England Patriots. They have lost not only Tom Brady, but also Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy, and Jamie Collins. Is Bill starting the season with Jared Stidham? He's been connected to guys like Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, even Cam Newton early on. Uh, the idea that he would start with Jared Stidham makes people very nervous. But remember, he said he felt comfortable doing that. He liked him as a backup. This is a player that Bill Belichick went out and said, listen, you know, I, I think he can be okay. He also said the same thing about Jacoby Brissett, who was a starter in this league and a third stringer on the New England Patriots. He also said the same thing about Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a starting Super Bowl quarterback with a lead late in the game last year. Bill, though, doesn't have a quarterback as of right now, according to most. Okay. I would argue out of any coach in the NFL, Bill doesn't need a quarterback as much as anybody else. Bill is a guy that wants to run the ball. He has made a conscious effort to draft running backs early in the last couple of drafts. He's got three or four Running backs, if you include White and Burkhead last year and Harris, who he drafted, and, of course, uh, Sony Michelle, he's got power running all over the place. He's got a decent offensive line. He's got a defensive mindset that might be one of the greatest of all time. 
And here's what I'm talking about with Bill Belichick when it comes to defense. And let's talk about Bill Belichick, just defense, defense, and more defense, because I think it, it means something. I think it's very viable here to talk about Belichick with defense, defense, and more defense. If you're asking me to put my money on any coach in the AFC to slow down Patrick Mahomes and to slow down Lamar Jackson, I'm taking Belichick. People forget last year how good New England's defense was. You fantasy players out there, for daily fantasy, what did I tell you? Every week, sign them up for about eight weeks. Now, they were playing weaker competition, but okay. What about Bill's division? The Bills got better, and I was high on them last year. The Jets got marginally better. The Dolphins got marginally better. Are the Jared Stidham-led New England Patriots, are the Jared Stidham-led New England Patriots an underdog in any game against the Bills, Jets, or Dolphins? And the answer is no. Not right now. Not right now. Pick them at best at Buffalo. And that's the closest we're going to get. How about the idea that Belichick never gave Brady an offense to work with? Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. But he certainly gave them a good defense year after year. They had the number one scoring defense last year. Let's go back through Brady's career, shall we? On scoring defense, because they know how to create turnovers and they know how to turn that into points, and they know how to stop players, uh, the other teams, from scoring. Here we go. 1, 7, 5, 10, 1, 8, 10, 9, 15, 8, 5, 8, 4, 2, 17, 2, 1, 17, 6. There's a lot of ones in there. There's a lot of top 10 finishes. As a matter of fact, only three times were they outside the top 10. Bill Belichick is going to supply a good defense to whoever is under center. He is going to be able to run the ball with whoever is under center. He's going to be able to run the ball. He's going to be able to play good defense. I am not writing the Patriots off. I think that as much as we look at the equation that Brady wants... Bro, what does Brady want? Brady wants to prove a point. Brady wants to go out there, and he wants to go prove that he can win without Bill Belichick. You don't think Belichick wants to prove the same thing? Come on now. And Belichick is in a position where I don't believe we're going to judge Belichick this year, but I think he believes we are. Belichick is going to be judged in three years from now. After he drafts a quarterback or develops a new quarterback, and we'll see where Belichick is in three years. Brady has to win now. Brady has to win this year. Belichick has a little time, but I don't think Belichick feels that way. I think he thinks this is a head-to-head -head matchup. I truly believe he thinks this is who's going to be better at the end, who's going to be left standing. When I've made jokes and say this is a breakup or a divorce, right? And you could leave in a nice way like Tom Brady, leaving the letter. Well, Belichick's the guy that isn't doing it nice, right? We're not even negotiating with him. Get out. Let me prove something to you. Belichick's going to date a 19-year-old, right? I mean, that that's what's going on. And Brady's, uh, well, as long as I live my life happy, I'll be fine. No, 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 no. Belichick's out for blood here. He wants to shut up everybody. His ego is massive. The one thing Belichick has going against him is that he didn't have a contingency plan. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm backing that statement up. He did have a contingency plan, but Robert Kraft got rid of him. His contingency plan was Jimmy Garoppolo, and he got rid of him. So Belichick has been dating on the side for a little while now, but he never actually went through with it. Now he finally can, but I don't think he's prepared. All of this can change, though. 
with the guys that they lost, Tom Brady, Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, the New England Patriots will get compensation picks in the draft. The New England Patriots are as stacked as anybody else in the NFL to move up, move up aggressively. The Patriots are not going to be able to move up. Well, at least I call it highly, highly improbable. They will be able to move up to get into the top five. And I think getting into the top five, you're now discussing players. You're not going to get Joe Burrow. You're not going to get Tua. You're probably not going to get Herbert. Okay? Those are the three you're probably not going to get. Can the Patriots, though, move up inside the top 10 or right around 10, say 8 to 12? Can they move up there and start to look at a kid like Love? Yeah, I think they can. And Love is kind of the new quarterback in the NFL. He's a guy that could sit for a year. Can the Patriots move up and be aggressive and go after a guy like that? I certainly think they can. What about Eason? Eason's got the cannon arm. He's got all of the, I mean, ridiculous tools that you want. He just needs a little seasoning. Or should I say he needs a little bit of coaching? Who do you want better than that to coach him? And I'm not even talking about Bill in that statement. I'm talking about Josh McDaniel, right? So I'm not saying that Bill is done yet. I'm going to be very interested to see what quarterback they do bring in. They're, they're not starting the season with just the quarterbacks that they have in camp. Do they go after a guy like an Andy Dalton? I think that's a mistake. I, I do. I think if you go after a guy like Dalton, it's a sideways move, kind of what the Raiders did. I'll talk about that. Um, it's a sideways move. I don't see Andy Dalton being anything special. I don't, you know, Nick Foles is a nice sideways move. But again, he's a good player when he's on the field. He's not often on the field. If I'm the New England Patriots, and I believe that that I have my pulse on the Patriots pretty well, I think that they're going to draft a quarterback and him be the next. Unless, and I, I wish I had something to drop, but I think my producer would be, be upset. Unless, because I want to do a, a, a mic drop here. Unless they do think about the whole idea of getting really aggressive and going after a big name. And the big name may not be who you think. The Bears are reportedly looking to go improve their quarterback. What if Bill likes what Mitch Drabinsky could be? He gets a top five pick just a couple of years ago. Maybe Bill likes that. Maybe Bill thinks he could develop that. I think the Patriots are in for a shrewd move here at some point. And it would not shock me at all for us to have another show completely devoted to, wow. What did Bill just do? <laughs> okay. In the in the whole, look, Brady will never be as good without Belichick. I'm sorry, he won't. My opinion of the Tampa Bay Bucks to kind of roll this all together, my opinion of the Tampa Bay Bucks, where we stand today, I think the Bucks are about five and I'm gonna I'll give them a nine and seven record today. I will give them making the playoffs because we now have seven teams in the playoffs. They will not win the division. But I'm going to give them a playoff win just because they have Tom Brady. That's where I see the Bucks going as of today. Where do I see Bill and the Pats? Very similar. I see Bill and the Pats about 9-7. and seven. They will win their division. They will make the playoffs. And I think Bill is good enough to win a playoff round. Neither one of these teams are going to the Super Bowl. We're not going to have Belichick against Brady as much as every television audience wants that, right? Every TV station in the world is going, give me Bill against Brady. It, that's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to have an NFC or an AFC championship game with either one of them in it. So we're looking at a situation where Brady will go on. He'll be above 500. he He'll be loudly cheered in Tampa Bay. He'll bring his team 
on, probably win a playoff game and give him a little jolt. And he'll be able to sit back and say, see, I told you so. I told you I could win without Bill. I told you I could win playoff games still, but we ran into a better team. We ran into whether it be San Francisco or Seattle or New Orleans or whoever. And Belichick is going to have the same situation. See, I told you I could win without Brady. I told you I could win the East. I told you I could win a playoff game. But you're not beating Mahomes or Lamar Jackson next year, not with this team and not with the makeup. As a matter of fact, I kind of want to go bold. I'm not going to and say that they might not even win the division, but they'll make a playoff. But I think their season's uh, generally going to be pretty, pretty even. Both about 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Uh, I think 9-7. I think and seven. Both of them 9-7. and seven. Both of them make the playoffs. Both of them get a playoff win, and that's where their roads end. It's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to take in, and we've had a lot to take in on the Brady front, but this is where we are. We are at a position where don't overrate it, don't overshoot it. We are simply here. I do, however, find a little bit of value in betting the New England Patriots. I saw it at 30 to 1, guys, and I like it at 30 to 1. If you can get 25 to 1, I like the value. Do it before they sign a quarterback. Because then the odds will probably come back. If you could get it, stranger things have happened, right? Andy Dalton beating Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I don't think it's happening, but stranger things have happened. All right, guys, we're, we're talking about the NFL season and what's going on. But now, let's go deep into the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, bet to the future. To the future. All right, guys, let's bet to the future. We're talking about young players. We're talking about the NFL draft. Let me give you a little coronavirus update. I told you I'm going to do it very little here. The NFL draft will still be held. It will still be held in Las Vegas. They are saying, though, there will be no fan interaction. They won't have uh, you know the guys come out to the Bellagio ride. The Obviously, the world that we live in right now is fluid, but they will have the NFL draft. So we're betting to the future. Let's bet to the future. Joe Burrow's rise has just been ridiculous, okay? He now sits at minus 2,200 to be the number one overall pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have no ideas what to do with anything else because they shouldn't. They're only taking Joe Burrow's. At the beginning of the year, Joe Burrow wasn't even on the right. He was nowhere. He wasn't even on the betting board. He was other. He was the field, guys. Tua was the consensus choice. He was nearly even money. Then all of a sudden, Joe Burrow started putting together this season. He got to plus 100 late in November, early December. He was about even money. Chase Young was behind him. Uh, Chase Young was about two to one or so. By late December, early January, Joe Burrow was almost minus 1,000. Then by mid-January, he was minus 1,200. He now sits at t- minus 2,200 to be the number one overall pick. Number two overall pick, Tua and Chase Young, they're close. Plus 1,200 for Chase Young if he goes number one overall. Andrew Thomas and Tua are plus 2,400. Justin Herbert, he is plus 3,600. By the way, everyone's saying that if Justin Herbert came out in 2019, he would have been the number one overall pick. So, 60 touchdown passes, 5,671 yards for Joe Burrow. He is a massive favorite to go number one overall. If you didn't bet this already, you probably missed your window. Joe Burrow is going to go number one to the Cincinnati Bengals. And yes, we are holding the NFL draft. And that is bet to the future. 
All right, guys, look, it's Brady, 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 right? But it was me putting together a show that had nothing to do with Brady for most of the week. It really was. This is the fluid world that we live in. Let's talk about the other movement that we've had because we've had a lot of them before we go into the big trade. And there was a massive trade, obviously. There was uh, some lower trades, but lots of movement, just a ton of movement here. Before we go into the trade, I want to talk some quarterbacks. Okay, let's talk some quarterbacks because I'm seeing the overreaction here and there. Case Keenum goes to the Browns. I think this is a great move. Case Keenum has proven in his career he's not a starting quarterback that you hit your wagon to in week one and you ride this thing out. Last year, the Browns were everyone's favorite. Everybody loved the Browns, and I ripped them apart. I didn't like them. I didn't like their moves. I didn't like their front office. I didn't like their coach. And we heard from the Browns, and, and I told you guys, listen, I heard even Browns players didn't like the coach. I didn't like anything they did. I'm liking all the stuff that they're doing here. I'm liking the small moves. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Getting Case Keenum to back up Baker Mayfield says this to Baker Mayfield. We believe in you. We believe you're the number one guy. We believe that you can lead this team to where we thought. But if you, f you know, fumble a little, if you take a step back, if you get fat like you have over the winter, right? If you do that again, we got a guy that's a professional backup that could step in at any time. That's who Case Keenum is. And I think it's a really smart move for the Browns. I give the Case Keenum move an absolute A. I, I love it. Marcus Mariota goes to the Raiders. And guys, I do a lot of work in Las Vegas. You know that. You've probably heard my voice in Las Vegas for 10 years. People went crazy. They love the Marcus Mariota move. Well, I'm also a Chicago Bears fan. And when the Bears were discussing bringing Mariota in, I didn't love it. So I can't like it for the Raiders. Marcus Mariota, this is fine. It's okay. Derek Carr should still be your starting quarterback. Marcus Mariota gets a backup role. If you think Mariota's going to wrestle this job away from Derek Carr, you're going from you know oranges to oranges. I mean, they're the same player. And to give you a little bit of that, Derek Carr completion percentage, 64%. Marcus Mariota, 62.9. They're the same player. Yards per attempt, 6.9 for Derek Carr, 7.5 for Mariota. Basically the same player, less than a yard difference. Touchdown rate, 4.3% for Derek Carr, 4.3% for Mariota, literally the same player. Interception rate, 1.9% for Derek Carr, 1.9% for Mariota. They are literally the same player. Quarterback rating, Derek Carr, 90.7. Marcus Mariota, 89.6. They are the same player. I hear, well, he's got mobility things. and that. Listen, Marcus Mariota is a good player. He's a, he's a good player. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Can they win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? I don't think they can. Can they win a Super Bowl with Marcus Mariota? No, I don't think they can. It's My answer is the same. Everybody loves that Spider-Man meme, right? Well, one guy's pointing at the other. This is Mariota and Derek Carr. They're the same guy. So, I mean, if you do it for insurance purposes, all right, I can live with Mariota in an insurance situation. But I think bringing in the same kind of quarterback here is, is just massively overblown. as is a wonderful, great move. Can we calm down? Please. Kirk Cousins adds two years to his deal. He's now getting $66 million. Kirk Cousins, the football player, hey, he, he's, he's solid. Kirk Cousins, the finance <laughs> engineer. He's, he's the greatest I've ever seen. Oh, maybe Bobby Bonilla, who's still getting paid like a million dollars a year from the Mets. But, but Kirk Cousins just, I don't know how he continues to just put these contracts together, but great job by him. 
The Vikings odds obviously came down with the loss of Stephon Diggs. The Raiders odds went up a little bit. Apparently Mariota changed that. I don't love either one of these guys. And I don't think they, they really move the needle overly too much. Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers on a three-year deal. I'm a little shocked. I thought that the Panthers were going to sort of be in the tank for Trevor mode. I thought that the Panthers were going to maybe get a guy that they had no problem being a backup. If you get Teddy Bridgewater, you are not expecting to get the number one overall pick in the draft. You're not expecting to start young. Teddy Bridgewater is a starter in this league. The Carolina Panthers believe that they're going to compete next year. With a move like this, that's what this is telling you. Bridgewater is a good quarterback, a very good quarterback. Phillip Rivers to the Colts, one-year, $25 million deal. This is the deal everybody wants to discuss. Everyone wants to talk about it. Look, Rivers is a good player. He's still got a lot left. He makes a lot of mistakes he always has. He's limited in some areas. Yeah, sure. Now, I hear about the offensive weapons. Phillip Rivers is now playing indoors. He's playing on a fast track. He still has a pretty big arm. And Phillip Rivers is now behind a dominant offensive line. I would say three of the last four years, Phillip Rivers had, uh, I don't want to say the worst offensive line, one of the top five worst offensive lines. Now he gets the best. I like the move for the Colts because you got Brissett backing him up. I like the idea that it's a one-year deal because they're saying, Phillip, clearly not the future, but I think we have a shot to win this year. Jacksonville has taken a step back. By all likelihood, Houston has taken a step back. And we are sitting here taking uh, on Tennessee. Tennessee had a magical year. By the way, Ryan Tannehill signs an extension. Tannehill's the man. Tannehill signs for just a boatload of money off of one good year. I don't know if that lasts. You know, I'm not sure. So those are the quarterback moves. Those are usually what impacts the things the most. The Panthers were a team I was willing to bet against, 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 against all year. I saw the over-under come out for them early on in the, the year where it was six, and I was saying, I love the under. Now, I didn't take it. I told you guys I'm taking a, a slow approach here. I didn't take the under, but I love the under. Teddy Bridgewater? I think they could win six, seven games. I think he's that good when you add him with Christian McCaffrey. I, I, I like Bridgewater. Phillip Rivers? What does Rivers do? Well, first of all, the Chargers are now left holding the bag. Chargers have nothing. They were going to get Brady, right? Got your fans all, oh, let's go, Brady's coming to L.A. Baby, he's going to fill up the stadium with 11 people. I mean, that's what people were getting excited about. Then you go, all right, at least we got our guy. At least we got our boy. We got Phillip Rivers. No, no problem. No, no, now you don't have him either. So I worry about the Chargers. Um, they have some good pieces. I like that they re-signed Austin Eckler. They have some good pieces, but I worry about the Chargers, and I, I'll stay far away from them. As far as the Colts go, I like everything the Colts have. And last year, I sat back in early June, and I told you I thought that the Colts could go to the Super Bowl because Andrew Luck was healthy. Luck retires. I thought Jacoby Brissett could take him to the playoffs. Jacoby Brissett did an okay job, and I feel the same thing about Rivers. Now, I think Rivers is better than Brissett, but we're talking about you're in a division. The Raiders are going to get a little bit better. I think they have gotten a little bit better. You still have... Denver, who I think will be a little bit better this year. And you have the Chiefs, who you have to take on. So right now, the Chargers, look, the Chargers are a team that I'm looking at. I'm saying, you're not a playoff team. The Colts are a team that I'm going, one or two things break right for the Colts. Phillip Rivers could have this team not only in the playoffs, but winning the division. So while he's not better than Jacoby Brissett by a long you know, distance, he's got things that I like about him. The experience factor. He's playing behind a different offensive line. Where I sit today, I think the Colts make the playoffs. 
So I not only do I think they play make the playoffs, I, I'm almost in a position where I think they win the division. That's where I sit today. If you can get the good odds on the division, that's where you go take a shot at that. So let's walk, walk around the league. The big trade is one of the most mind-boggling trades that we've had in a very long time. DeAndre Hopkins gets traded for David Johnson, a third rounder. Insider said when they told a general manager about this, the general manager chuckled. He chuckled because it's such a ridiculous trade. Now, behind the trade, you go, why would they do this? DeAndre Hopkins' nuke is one of the best in the league. Oh, my God. We can't believe that Houston traded this away. Houston friends of mine ripping him apart. He's the worst ever. Look, they have made bonehead moves in the past. They paid Brock Osweil $70 million. Jadavian Clowney walked out the door. They traded two first-rounders for Laramie Tunsil. They lost a 24-point lead in the playoffs. There has been a lot, a lot of problems. And I have been extremely critical of Bill O'Brien since he walked in the league. And a lot of that has to do because I think Deshaun Watson is an uber talent. And he should be much better than what they're giving him. But there are underlying problems with the Hopkins situation. Michael Irvin came out and said on national TV, and listen to this. Michael Irvin came out and said, Hopkins told me it was a bit of a power struggle there between Bill O'Brien. Coach O'Brien thought he had too much influence over the locker room. He called DeAndre Hopkins in a meeting to talk about this and kind of hash it out. And it goes on. In that meeting, he started the meeting by telling DeAndre Hopkins this, which blew my mind when DeAndre told me. This is Michael Irvin again. He said, Hopkins said, uh, or was told, hey, uh, the last time I had a meeting like this, it was with Aaron Hernandez. He started a meeting off by comparing his best player to Aaron Hernandez. I was like, what? He put Aaron Hernandez in the meeting? He said, yes, he did. He said, Michael, that blew my mind. Why would he even bring that up? I haven't been in any trouble. I've never done anything off the field. I don't know why he would even equate me to Aaron Hernandez. It hurt Hopkins. Then Irvin goes on. And as bad as the Aaron Hernandez conversation is, and Bill O'Brien saying that, this to me is even just as ridiculous to even acknowledge and say this. And then from there, the meeting just deteriorated. He got into talking to Hopkins because he had a few kids from a few different women, did Hopkins. He didn't like that. Bill O'Brien didn't like that. He told DeAndre that he doesn't like that his baby mom is around. He doesn't like that there's multiple baby mamas. And from there, I think the relationship went bad and thus got the, the trade all because of this bad relationship. Now, I have heard from people in Houston that the relationship was bad. I didn't think it was, you have bad lifestyle choices, and I didn't think it was, I'm comparing you to Aaron Hernandez in an opening sentence. This was brutal. Brutal. Now, there are reports that are coming out that on top of these problems, okay, on top of all of this issue, um, Hopkins was also demanding a new deal. And maybe he inferred, well, if I don't get one, maybe you should trade me sort of situation. So... There's a lot to sort out with the Hopkins deal. The problem where we lie, whether you agree with Hopkins or you agree with O'Brien or you, you believe Michael Irvin or you believe the reports of a deal, whatever the situation may be, DeAndre Hopkins leaving Houston crushes Houston. Houston was a team 
with Watson, and and they were minutes away from really uh, turning this thing around. They've been a perennial playoff team. They have a solid quarterback. They have good defensive players. I mean, Houston's was on a trajectory of getting better. I would say that in the league, outside of maybe Lamar Jackson, I think Deshaun Watson's one of the few guys. And you got Russell Wilson in the in the the NFC, sure, but in the AFC, outside of Lamar Jackson, Watson's Pat Mahomes is only competition. He's it. He just took his number one receiver away, and he gave him David Johnson, who hasn't been relevant in three years. This is going to come back to make Bill O'Brien lose his job. I mean, it's just that simple. Bill O'Brien is going to lose his job. So I told you earlier, I saw 80-1 to 1 on the Texans. It sort of sparked my interest a little bit. It sparked my interest because of how much I think that Deshaun Watson can do with his team. I know Hopkins is so good, but he's still a receiver. And let me explain to you guys in the idea of building a franchise. The number one most important player is a quarterback. The number two is a left tackle. Then you go to a pass rusher. Then you go to a shutdown corner. Then you come back to the offensive line. You try to get guards. You try to get tackles. Then you go to middle linebackers and safeties. Notice how I didn't mention receiver. Receivers are replaceable. But head coaches that cause problems. If this is true and people in the locker room believe that the reason why Hopkins was dealt was because Bill O'Brien said things about his baby mamas and Bill O'Brien questioned him in the same regard of Aaron Hernandez. If that is true, this is a complete locker room breakdown. I like the 80-1 to odds. I do because they're tempting with Deshaun Watson. But guys, if Bill O'Brien lost the locker room, and he very well may have, if he lost the locker room, you can't touch this bet. Let's look at the flip side of this. One of my big risers next year, and many other people's, was going to be the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Kingsbury and Murray are building something big there. They wound up turning around and finding a running back late in the season, didn't they? Kenyon Drake looks great. They signed him to uh, you know a big contract, so he's going to be there next year. Their defense is okay. They still have a weak offensive line, but now you add DeAndre Hopkins with what the Cardinals have, very fast receivers. All of a sudden... The Cardinals are everyone's fancy team to move up, but they're starting to get a Browns feel to me. Remember last year, it was a slow build by the Browns. Uh Uh-oh, Browns are going to be doing good. Oh, Browns might even hit 500. Wait a minute, minute. Browns are playing well. Oh, wait, wait, Baker Mayfield's going to be everything. Oh, Baker Mayfield was being drafted like number three in fantasy draft. Baker Mayfield this, Baker Mayfield that. They are starting to have a Browns feel to me. I think the Cardinals will be better next year. I think the Cardinals potentially could play for 500. But let's calm down with the Cardinals are all of a sudden going to the Super Bowl talk or even winning the division talk. You're still in a division with the last two NFC representatives for the playoffs, for the Super Bowl, I'm sorry, in the Rams and the Niners. And oh, by the way, Russell Wilson. Your division consists of the Niners, who were in last year's Super Bowl, the Rams, who were in the Super Bowl two years ago, and Russell Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, schedules mean a lot. Divisions mean a lot. I think Murray has an upward trajectory. I think Murray with Hopkins is an awesome, fun combination. I think that the Arizona Cardinals will be improved and they will be fun to watch. Arizona still doesn't have a defense. They still don't have an offensive line. And I'm not totally convinced that Kenyon Drake is all of a sudden the second coming. Okay? So let's calm down on those Cardinal tickets, guys. I am not taking them for the Super Super Bowl. Forget about that. That's ridiculous. I am not taking them for the NFC. 
I am not taking them to win the division. And as a matter of fact, I might be all over the under for the Cardinals when all is said and done. I will allow this helium to continue to push that total up and up and up. Let's watch this helium push this to six, seven, eight, nine wins. And when it gets to that point, I will be pounding the under if it gets to that point. The helium is rising, and it's rising pretty huge. And remember, by the way, when I say they have a shot at the playoffs, it's only because we added a seven-team playoff now. That's the new CBA rules. We've added a seven-team. Last year, the 8-8 eight eight Steelers, led by Duck Hodges, would have made the playoffs in the new system. So the term pushing for a playoff or making a playoff berth or competing for a playoff is not the same as it was 365 days ago. It's just not. It is a different world that we're living in uh, from a, a football standpoint. And keep that in mind. All right. Some other names to throw around. The other giant trade. The Vikings trade Stephon Diggs to Buffalo for a seventh and a seventh, I'm sorry, for a fifth and a sixth this year, a first this year, and a fourth next season. Look, the seventh for the sixth, we'll throw that away as a wash. Doesn't matter. Okay. So Stephon Diggs was traded for a first and a fifth this year and a fourth next season. I think it's a tremendous move by Buffalo. I think it's an absolutely tremendous move by Buffalo. Now, on the good side of this, the Buffalo Bills are a team that I was all over last year. We won a lot of money. I told you the Buffalo Bills would go over their posted total. We won that. I told you take Buffalo to make the playoffs. They were plus 275. We won that. I was all over Buffalo, and I won with Buffalo covering the entire year. I was all over Buffalo. I like Josh Allen. I like him a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback. I was joking before about Fitzpatrick as the best quarterback in this division. It's clearly Josh Allen, but Josh Allen I like a lot. The problem is Josh Allen is the most inaccurate passer on the deep ball in the NFL the last two years. That is that is a statistic. That is not my opinion. Okay, But in order to get better on the deep ball, don't you need better players to run deep? Stephon Diggs is under 26 years old. He's got back-to-back 1,100 yards seasons. He's got a career-best 18 yards per catch last year. He's a deep threat. He's a deep threat with elite speed. And people are starting to buy into this. The Vikings' odds, the Vikings were 28-1 to to win. Now they're 31-1. to The Bills went from 35-1 to down to 30-1. to so people are buying into this. Now, Buffalo also went out and got Vernon Butler, the defensive tackle. Big move. I told you guys last week they went out and they got a pretty good defensive replacement there as well. So they're making moves. The Buffalo Bills are building a team the right way. Two years ago, they said, we're going all in on defense. And they absolutely went crazy on defense. Then last offseason, they had money to spend. They could have went big. They could have went splashy. They said offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And they absolutely got every new offensive lineman they needed. They had one of the best offensive lines in the league last year. They had one of the top five defenses in the league the last two years. This year, they went with a concentrated offseason effort. The concentrated offseason effort is we've got to get Josh Allen weapons. They got Devin Singletary in the backfield, who only played about a half a year. We knew that. He's their running back. You have Allen on the outside as well. You have your quarterback. I think they're about a tight end away from really being a serious competitor. Guys, this move is going to help Josh Allen. This move was exactly what Buffalo needed. 
the exact player that they needed. If Stephon Diggs can stay healthy, which he's had a problem with, if he can stay healthy, ladies and gentlemen, the Buffalo Bills can be a serious contender. And I'm not talking about for a wild card. I am talking about a serious contender for the now Tom Brady-less New England Patriots. And I'm talking about a serious contender to potentially get to an AFC Championship game. That's how much I believe in this Stephon Diggs move. I think it's one of the better moves of the weekend. Everyone will look at Hopkins. Don't forget about Diggs. All right, guys, lots to uncover. Stay safe out there. Make sure you listen in next week. I'm sure we're going to have lots more to talk about. I'm Tom Barton for this week's edition of Wagering Week. We'll be back next week, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.